What's going on, citizens? My name is Matt Shacha, and I'm crawling over the Cat 5 cables of Creep City to bring you this Radio for the Creeps bonus episode. On this bonus episode, I got to sit down with some of your favorite horror podcasters. This special edition Shark Week bonus episode features Riley from Slash and Cast and Make Every Death Count, Bailey from We Came From Beneath the Sea, Patrick from the Kill by Kill podcast, Brooker from Mild Threat and Peril podcast, and Jordan from Slasher Media YouTube channel. Considering it's Shark Week, we had to talk about the original, the OG big fucking shark movie, and that's Jaws. So, without any more of this intro jibber-jabber, I'm going to take you straight into the roundtable for the Shark Week bonus episode on Jaws. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us on this bonus Shark Week episode where we're going to be talking about Jaws and probably a few other big fucking shark movies. Um, My name is Matt Shacha from the Radio for the Creeps podcast and I'm joined by a panel of some of the top horror podcasts around that you uh, may already be listening to. Um, without any more jibber jabber, let me have my my panel of guests here introduce themselves. All right. Hello, I'm Bailey from the We Came from Beneath the Sea podcast, part of the uh, Slash and Cast podcast network. Uh, you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere else you consume your audio. Hi guys, I'm uh, I'm Brooker from the Mouth Threat and Peril podcast. We're a relatively new, independent, deep dive ish. Uh, horror podcast. You can find us uh, pretty much everywhere you can find podcasts and on Twitter at MildThreatPod. Hey, it's uh, Patrick Hamilton. Uh, I'm from the Kill by Kill podcast, uh, available wherever you, you know, download your podcasts. And uh, I'm so happy to be here. Hey, my name is Riley. Uh, part of, you know, the Slash and Cast YouTube channel. Have a handful of shows like that and make every death count. And of course, run the Slash and Cast podcast network. Glad to be here, man. I'm uh, Jordan, but also go by Slasher, and I run the Slasher Cast podcast and YouTube channel Slasher Media. You can find us wherever on audio places. Wherever on audio places. Well said, my dude. Um, So, (laughs) you know, the goal of this bonus episode was to try to pull in a bunch of uh, horror podcasters. I mean... When when people started, you know, first reacting with the idea of the bonus episode, I, I know Riley, you were one of the first ones to be like, "I'm going to pass the word around," and then Bailey jumped in. As soon as I saw Bailey jump in from we beneath, we came from beneath the sea. I was like, "Well, that's I mean, this is going to be great. Like, we got Shark Week gold going now." So, uh, b- before we jump into the the film Jaws, ha- have you guys, you know, have you got are you guys big fans of Shark Week, or do you keep it mainly to like shark related horror? I, I no longer really have like cable television so my shark week tends to be very limited um but definitely jaws like every time every shark week it's always at the top of the list has to be there i find one of the cool things about jaws that uh well i mean number one jaws is obviously it's a great movie and, and it's a movie that i watch frequently but one of the cool things about it is there's so many different beats where like i find an excuse to watch it right like july 4th i'm like gotta watch jaws and then like shark week i'm like gotta watch jaws you know it's like so has anybody here or your respective podcast or have you been a guest on any podcast where you guys have covered jaws i mean i feel like that's kind of a a pretty good like no-brainer horror movie to cover on a horror cast has anybody done one yet or i have not dived no not not really no yeah my podcast is like fairly new so right 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 and we do, and we cover more slashers than all because we're big slasher fans. Right. Well, you know, I did notice that uh, when I was checking out, we came from beneath the sea. I was like, okay, well, they they probably have like tons of like you know big shark reviews or big shark you know movie chats in their their podcast lineup. And Bailey, I have to ask you, what's with all the Friday the Thirteenth? I don't know if that's <laughs> all right. That's so a lake. That's not the here, sea, bud. <laughs> here's the here's the thing. So. While our name is derived from the old 50s monster movie, It Came From Beneath the Sea, uh, right now our focus is on uh, covering franchises. Right. And uh, we have discussed covering more monster films in the future, obviously, because I love monster movies. Right. It's just I wanted to cover some slashers because I feel like that's more, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's more in the status quo right now, I'd say. Yeah, it's very much like on the forefront of everyone's... I agree. Right, yeah. It's it's very much on the forefront of everyone's mind with movies like Halloween and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Now, now, Brooker, 
what 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 can uh, what, what do people have to look forward to about your podcast? What's something that uh, you you guys kind of you know where's your bread and butter with the uh, well, mild threat? My uh, my podcast partner Emma she she done her master's thesis at university on Final Girl theory and oh, wow. its evolution after nine eleven, which was which we've actually spent the last three I think episodes just kind of picking apart uh, bit by bit. She is absolutely gutted, to be fair, that she can't be here because aquatic horror and, and a, a big fucking shark movie is 100% her bag. Right. Uh, and she was she was absolutely distraught that she couldn't be on today. But yeah, we uh, basically our podcast, we came together just because we're a couple of like, good mates who don't have enough excuses to talk about horror movies right. with the people around us. So we invented the excuse by coming up with the podcast. Very good. Very good. And uh, Riley, I see you, your, your mic lighting up a little bit there. How, I know you're a huge Jaws fan. Um, I feel like I've got that right. Uh, has Slash and Cast really... I mean, where's the Slash and Cast cover for Aquatic Horror? And where does that land like with your your uh, your show and with your partner Nick and, and, and what you guys cover? I know you guys are more primarily slasher-focused, but, you know. You know, I, I do like absolutely love Jaws, and I think it lands in one of the best movies of all time. Uh, right. But when it comes to like shark movies, I think I'm really intimidated by them. Because because of Jaws, there are so many of them, like a stupid amount of them. <laughs> and I feel like if you, you cover Jaws, you start going down a path. If we were if we were to we came for me to see it, where we do like franchise covers, right? I feel like you're now you have all your content. There should just be a podcast out there that's just shark movies. In in a lo- the mild research, I'm not a big fan of research for podcasts. I feel like casual is better. But in the mild research to prepare for today, I started going down the road of like, well, what other movie could we tie in there to you know to to kind of form a path from Jaws to modern day? And Jesus Christ, Jaws was a it was a lot on you know when you're looking at the Jaws impact on film. Never mind just horror. I mean. The, the first summer blockbuster, first film to break a hundred million oh, yeah. at the box office. Like, I mean, there's a lot of ripple effect there. Yeah. Never mind horror movies, oh, yeah. just in general. And if I could cut in, go for it. Um, like Jaws was so revolutionary in what was it seventy five? It came out. Yep. Like you just said, it was the first summer blockbuster, and that really it it started a ripple effect. Like after nineteen seventy five, you couldn't just break even anymore. You really had to make profit. Yeah. And so, Jaws yeah. created what uh, is called the tentpole film, and uh, you know you really needed to hold up your studio. Its release strategy, um, because they had to release it all at one time across the entire United States. It's the first of that sort of everything gets released all at the same time, as opposed to a road show, which is how most major motion pictures were released. And uh, so it, it absolutely changed everything about how uh, a summer film launches. And consequently, everyone followed suit. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, yeah. one of the things that, that um, you guys definitely kind of already touched on, the idea that being a tentpole film, being a film that kind of, uh, like you said, the, I, the concept of breaking even not being uh, enough anymore. Um, I think that there's a lot of cases to be made for because you, because of the blockbuster angle. There's a lot of cases to be made for films that we see now that are just like these fucking mega hits that come out um, that just destroy. That they're all somewhat kind of impacted by Jaws, and it's definitely had its impact on box office in terms of when you release. You know, the idea of well, we've got this shark movie about Fourth of July in Amity, so we're gonna re- release it in the summer, and then you know everybody's out of school, so it's the summer movie, and we're just raking in dough. Um, oh yeah. But you know, I mean, even aside from that though, there's actually I, I was trying to pick outside of Jaws. This is probably a good time. Let's cover this real quick. Outside of Jaws, what's everybody's favorite? Either big. We, we've said big fucking shark enough where I think that's kind of becoming a tagline, like a byline of this episode. So what's everybody's favorite big fucking shark movie aside from Jaws? And I mean, you, you can feel free to say Jaws 4. We might laugh at you, but yeah. Shark Tale. Shark Tale, right. Shark Tale. That's amazing. I really like I the great one. For me, it has to be 47 meters long. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's a great one. Yeah, and great one. One of the things I loved about that one, you notice that that entire film is based around the concept of 
um, somebody's, you know, down on the floor of the ocean. They need to go right there, you know, like to the boat, but they can't. And that idea of, yeah, I always love that concept of, oh, it's like right there. You can almost reach out and touch it, but there's this big, you know, unstoppable force in between you and it. And I mean, that it, it just gets rid of that safety. Yeah, net. yeah, absolutely. And it's a great flip on the uh, one room set or like when uh, Castle Productions was up and running in the late 90s to early 2000s, they would have these one set horror films like House on Haunted Hill. And you would spend all your money on one giant set. Oh, yeah. This even reduces that further. You're spending your money on one location and you don't have to go anywhere else. And it really focuses the film on driving home those two people in danger and everyone above them trying to get them out of danger. And you immediately know what's in between. Yeah. Perfect. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, a lot, in a lot of ways, I'm sure it wasn't a cheap film to make, but in a lot of ways, that's pretty minimalist. And, you know, you you can even draw lines to like, as you were saying, the one room sets, uh, films like Saw and everything that managed to keep budgets down by functioning in essentially a room, save for some shots and things like that. Um, it is definitely a pretty cool play on that. What's some other uh, some other folks big? It's a it's a it's a short jump though, isn't it? From like forty seven minutes down to let's say uh, the shallows, which was very similar. Yeah, and yeah. you know had the uh, the environmental elements in there as well. Which while it wasn't the greatest film, it was it was pretty tense. Or I got to admit, one of my favourites. Uh, I watched it again this morning. Was Deep Blue Sea because it's basically yep. a slasher with a shark. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was great. Yeah. The Shallows is, is my stupid as it was. Uh, shallows? Yeah, since he brought it up. The, the Shallows, I think, is one of the very few shark films that matches Jaws in terms of suspense. And that's why mm. I like it. It's a slow-burning movie with a lot of suspense. And, yeah, it's, it's my favorite outside of Jaws. Absolutely. that's a Yeah, Shallows is a solid one. Shallows also kind of has like that if i'm not mistaken it kind of has that like cat and mouse kind of feeling to it mm -hmm. where you know you're constantly waiting for that moment you know for the cat to strike kind of thing uh we we got to kick it to bailey now though to to live up to the name bailey from beneath the sea from beneath <laughs> the right. bailey what's your uh, favorite big fucking <laughs> shark movie bud well, I was going to say a joke, and I was going to say Sharknado, but uh, yeah. that, that is a, a guilty pleasure of mine. <laughs> but if I had to say my favorite big fucking shark movie, it's got to be Deep Blue Sea. I mean, I yeah. saw that when I was pretty young. I think I saw that before Jaws. Oh, nice. And uh, uh, the idea of you know scientists trying to make uh, an apex predator even more of an apex predator is pretty fucking wild. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, you got Sam Jackson, you got uh, Thomas Jane, who went on to be the Punisher. It's just a decent flick to sit down and watch with your buds. I mean, a lot of these are going to be kind of popcorn movies, right? I mean, you, you know, mm -hmm. while you can see some, some things in there that are kind of flashes of like, you know, uh, I don't, I don't want to use any kind of shitful term here, but, you know, there are some flashes of like really interesting narrative elements and design that make them you know, the cat and mouse elements and things like that that make them a little heavier. Ultimately, all of these are what they are, and that's big shark movies, right? So, you know, yeah. to be able to sit on the couch and mellow out and eat some popcorn with it. Uh, for me, though, I, I have to say that one of the ones that I really like, and it's not a big fucking shark movie, it's more like a movie about sharks, but The Reef was a great film, uh, an Australian film, and... One of the things I really kind of found interesting about it was the idea that, you know, it's it's very much like a slasher as well in the respect that you have a group of people that are being picked off one by one trying to escape from a situation or escape from an environment that's dangerous, right? Um, right. And, and, you know, the, the sheer fact that, you know, there are moments in that where... You see that, you know, I don't want to spoil too much, but you see like a fella like leaving the group, you know, everybody knows from watching shark movies that you should huddle together and form a ball. You know, I mean, Quint even says it about, you know, the sinking of the, the Navy ships, you know, everybody tried to get together yeah. and, and huddle up so that they wouldn't be hurt. Um, you see somebody break from the group and you're just kind of watching and the tension building and all that. I thought the reef was uh, really well done in that respect, but they all owe yeah. a nod to Jaws, right? Oh, yeah. They all owe everything because jaws creates the language that the film language that wasn't there before so they're all borrowing to a degree or they're trying to quote unquote not be your daddy's jaws which 
can get irritating or not. Um, I would only uh, throw in uh, just because it's slightly outside of the shark realm, but I would throw Alligator into this mix. Alligator is one of those movies that takes the concept of Jaws and then transforms it into uh, an on-land situation, and it's just so grindhousey, and it's just so beautifully <laughs> just mean <laughs> to a degree that Jaws can't, uh, or at least Jaws tried to soften the blows as it went on as a franchise. Um, so I would throw that into the mix. I love it. Oh, I totally agree on the idea of the, you know, the concept of, you know, not your father's Jaws or whatever. I mean, even Jaws to an extent started to do that. Anybody here have like a lot of experience with the later Jaws sequels? I feel like this is slash and cast territory because they're known to know everything about every movie in a franchise and not uh, and not cherry pick. So, uh, Riley, how, how familiar are you with the later Jaws movies? Are you a big fan? You know, I, I've seen... I wouldn't call me a big fan. I, I have seen all of them <laughs> multiple times. But when you have something like Jaws, and then right. you go on to some really disgusting sequels like Jaws 4, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'd really struggle to watch those. And I, I'd struggle to watch shark movies in general because all I do is go back to jaws right. and like i when you can't nothing really matches it i struggled to get through any of these other shark movies that's why when something like the shallows came along where it brought something unique to it i enjoyed it and i, I enjoy like like deep blue sea as well and um yeah, shark natal is a good time i'm glad bailey brought that up because i was really hoping somebody would say it uh but yeah i you just didn't want to be the first yeah, one with those uh the, the sequels <laughs> i've only i've seen them all multiple times but really just Unlike Halloween and like Friday the 13th, I just can't buy in like these other franchises. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, Brooker, you were going to say something there on Sharknado? Were we going down the, the Sharknado route? No, I was just going to say, nobody wanted to be the first person to mention Sharknado. <laughs> that- Sharknado is a shitload of fun. <laughs> I've, I've got no... They're, they're background noise to me. I can sit and watch them anytime and yeah. just watch shitty CGI sharks yeah. trying to eat Tara Reid. I can relate to that. It's, it's all good. Yeah. I, you know... I, there is something to be said about that too. When you grab a bunch of horror heads together and you're like, we're going to talk about shark movies. Everybody's kind of like, Oh God, don't bring up Sharknado. Don't bring up Sharknado. And then as soon as somebody does, <laughs> no, it's fuck like, that. bring up Sharknado yeah. straight away. Yeah. Great do movie. it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, funny. Again, I, though, I think I actually like those type of shark movies more after jaws because they're not trying. Uh, when you yeah. have a, a shark movie that comes along, that's trying to be jaws and compete with jaws they're always going to lose, and then I lose, like, respect for it. Uh, it's, that's how right. it feels anyway. Sharknado didn't give a shit and just kind of went and threw it at you, and it's a lot of fun for that reason. Right. It's kind of like the concept of, like, if you're standing next to, like, Mother Teresa, and you're like, well, hey, I shared my cookie earlier with somebody, so, like, same thing, right? You know, and you're like, you can't, you know what yeah. I mean? You have a certain <laughs> level of excellence with Jaws. Plus, the benefit that Sharknado has is that it's trying to be a disaster movie, more than it's trying to be a Jaws movie. So it, it very rarely even comes close to all the tropes that Jaws has. It's not in the water. You're not seeing things from the shark's point of view. It's much more a disaster film that happens to feature sharks as opposed to a film where they're like, shark, shark, and pointing at the water. Right. It, it wins from that differentiation. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you know... I'm certainly not one to hate on the popcorn movie. And I, I keep going back to that term. It's just my shortened way to say it, you know, without feeling like I'm insulting anything. And I, I you know, I'm loath to be the one to be like, oh, come on, you know, blah, blah. I, I, I like a lot of, uh, you know, kind of definitely like, like Brooker said best, a popcorn kind of background movie, you know, throw it on, whatever. If you miss 10 minutes of Sharknado, you're not like, oh shit, I got to rewind it now. You know, <laughs> like you can pretty much jump right back in. <laughs> You know, and uh, it's definitely fun for that. Um, one of the things, though, getting back to the topic of Jaws and, and something else that I definitely wanted to try to talk to you guys about was, um, obviously, we talk about horror. So we talk a lot about, and and being horror fans, um, to us, the things that scare us are, are not a deterrent or um, in any way really, you know, a negative. Like, we we don't watch Halloween and then say, I'm not going out, you know, trick-or-treating or, you know, we don't watch friday the 13th and say i'm never going to camp again or going to the woods again like we we kind of like embrace that uh danger and terror aspect of horror films and that's part of what 
I think a lot of horror fans find in horror. So there was definitely some negative impact, though, with Jaws, which ties in well with Shark Week. A lot of people are critical about Shark Week because there's this, this connotation to everything that you're seeing that, oh, you know, be afraid, be very afraid. Do you think, though, I, I, you know, I'm just going to kind of float this one out to the group. Do you think, though, that things like Shark Week, they, they have such a, a an attachment to, with horror fans because of that? Because we're used to seeing the thing that scares us and embracing it and running with the ball as opposed to being like, I'm never going swimming again, you know, or kill every shark, you know. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts yeah. on some of that, those kind of things? Yeah. Um, so, as I, I'm sure all of you in this call know, uh, Jaws actually deterred a lot of people from swimming for a long, long time. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, I would say, as somebody who loves sharks, sharks are exploratory creatures. Most attacks are, you know, exploratory bites. They're, they're not going to kill you. They just want to see what you are. I think Shark Week actually has brought more positivity and education into sharks. The the polar opposite of what Jaws did, where people were like, yeah, fuck sharks. We don't, we don't want those anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Shark Week definitely does try to, um, and, and more so later, you know, in the earlier days of it, it was a lot of sensationalism, you know, like, ah, sharks, big sharks, big teeth, look at all this, look at it, eat a seal, you know, and like now it's, yeah. it's, it's grown more scientific and there's a lot of cool things that they do, you know, donating to, you know, ocean research and, and preservation and things like that, but, you know, you can't, there's a certain thing that maybe us at this table can't see because we see something scary and we go "Ooh, all right more you know um but you can't deny the fact that like you know cold black dead michael myers eyes coming at you in the water with razor teeth i mean that's a thing slasher uh slasher media jordan i think you had uh, something to yeah. kick in there let's hear from you uh i think for me with jaws is what went into making it with all the stuff that happened on set with the shark with the robotic shark breaking all the time and uh, also the fact that I think mostly it gets you afraid of the water because you don't really see the shark that much right. in the movie so it's more to do with making you more afraid of water than it is the actual shark but when you see the shark you are batshit going get me the fuck out of here right you know and and, and that's the thing too right the, um, the whole point of the mayor Right, Mayor, Mayor and Jaws. Yeah, Mayor and Jaws. Yeah, the mayor. Yeah, yeah. The whole yeah. point of him saying we're going to open the beaches is, you know, th that concept of, uh, you know, the town thrives on the tourism and all of that, and so just simply being afraid of the unseen, unknown kind of, because at you know at the point where he's still fighting the idea, nobody's seen it really. Nobody, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Riley's probably going to kick my ass if I'm wrong here because he's <laughs> going to jump in with that knowledge. But right, isn't the shark not seen by anyone living until the the orca expedition? It. I mean, the shark itself is seen in the pond. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When when that happens, uh, otherwise, no, it's not until they're out. You don't see the face of the shark until then. Yeah, yeah. So you know part. And again, part of the magic of of the Jaws blockbuster and the, you know, what, you know, that kind of secret ingredients that all make up the whole was the shark being broken, you know, and, and not functioning right. And so, you know, less yeah. of it, seeing less of it and being afraid of, you know, the water, being afraid of. But, you know, one of the things that I, I, I definitely have to say, though, is when you watch Jaws all through and through, I don't know that I feel like I'm watching a horror movie. Now, I know this may upset some horror fans, but... And and Riley, you had mentioned earlier, so I guess you know, probably I'll probably kick this question over to you first. Uh, you had just mentioned Jaws being a great movie, and personally, I'm of the same mind. I think that horror, not horror, it doesn't none of that. Like certain films can transcend all of that genre stuff and all the other things, and just be uh, an impact in general as a film. Um, where do you guys? How do you guys feel about where Jaws lands as far as horror film? I mean, obviously, it's you know. It's a horror movie, but were your, any thoughts on that, Riley? We'll yeah, start with you. I um, I 100 agree. I honestly, God, I find like nothing about Jaws scary. Um, I yeah. I actually, I, it's more exciting. It has the, like suspense thriller type of run, and I understand why it would have been so terrifying at the time. But because the genre has been so filled, and we have, I think Shark Week actually is a is actually a good reason why we don't fear them the way we used to because we have more knowledge of them. Uh, but yeah, like, 
I find nothing really scary about Jaws. There's one moment that I think is truly creepy and has is very effective that in terms of horror in Jaws, and that's when Hopper finds the body, when Hooper finds the body. Uh, when it pops up, like, uh, when he's swimming down underneath the water and the body comes out from the mm-hmm. hole in the boat, I think that part is genuinely yeah. pretty freaky. But the shark itself, so, right. sure, some suspenseful moments, but really, I don't find it scary at all. I don't think it really fits the horror genre. You are right. That that jump scare with the, the fishing boat or whatever, yeah, yeah. That's a good one for sure. Uh, Brooker, how do, you, uh, how do you feel about <clears throat> Jaws as a horror film, Jaws as a film? Where do you think that lands? I, I, so I, 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 yesterday was the second time ever I've watched Jaws, and it was the first time in about thirty years since oh, wow. I watched it. Because I don't, I don't remember liking it when I was a kid, so I just never went back to it. Right. But uh, obviously, this invite, I went, well, I best go and fucking watch Jaws again, hadn't I? Because this is going to be, even if I'm going to be the guy that stands there and hates Jaws, I'm going to have at least watched it again. Right. To uh, to say, I'd, but no, I like it as a film. I think it's really very good. I don't think it falls enough into horror to call it a horror film uh, for context I sat and watched it with my seven year old right. who has grown up she's grown up on a steady diet of uh, cruel and scary stories to tell in the dark she's quite the fan of scary movies mm-hmm. so Jaws didn't affect her any you know not one little bit and I kind of looked at her and I thought I can see why because you know what we're talking 45 years later there's there's nothing scary in this compared to what we see now you know, every shark movie that's come out since has turned it up to 11 in comparison. Uh, from the jumps to the violence to, you know, just there's everything about every shark movie since mm-hmm. has been much grosser. It's been much more violent. And, you know, when we look at things like 47 Meters Down and The Shallows and, and, and stuff like that, much, much scarier. Great film, absolutely. But what it is, if, to me, it feels like a. Uh, a slightly gorier Steven Spielberg summer film, which yeah. is exactly what it is. Yeah, it's a it's a Spielberg film, right? And, and you know, that's the that's the other thing too. You know, getting out part of getting outside of those genre lines is you don't there you don't need to say well it's a this and I'm a fan of this and it's good. You don't need to say you know it's a horror movie and I'm a horror fan and it's good. You can just say this is a damn good movie because like uh, you know again I agree actually with both points brought up so far i don't watch it and i'm like oh my god i'm so afraid you know <laughs> like there's the there's the there's a jump scare here or there there's a moment here or there you're like holy shit that's a big shark but it's not something that like gives you nightmares you know and i, I mean not that horror movies still give me nightmares but you know i'm a big tough guy but uh <laughs> but it's not horror in that same kind of sense it's not it's um uh, i i i I think you said it best. It's a typical, you know, like kind of Spielberg summer movie. And um, I had a similar experience with it. I watched it with my nephews. Um, not this 4th of July because fucking diseases and things. But um, last 4th of July, I always watch two movies on 4th of July. Jaws and I watch Return of the Living Dead because they both, you know, they take place at that time. And I need any excuse to watch both of them. And um, I watched it with my nephews. And sure, there were comments about the next time we go to the beach. But short of watching it on an actual beach with them and then being like, let's go swimming, I don't think that there's really that, you know, it's, it doesn't even hit the, the younger kids that way. It's more, um, it's more like an oddity kind of movie because of the fact that, you know, it's this huge shark. But um, I, I want to kind of transition a bit because there was something else I noticed um, in Jaws recently when, you know, trying to think about different angles that kind of play into Jaws being more than just, you know, uh, summer big fish movie um the three characters um there's a lot of bones in there if you know i i don't want to sound too uh, like you know pompous here but if you study the film from this the the kind of the the bare structure of it there's three very different characters there which is always kind of that's another one of those wonderful recipes for creating you know a, a, a solid film you have uh the sheriff brody who's kind of straight-laced kind of uh you know wants to do things the the safe and cautious way you have quint who's on the far other end of the spectrum he's going to break the radio and and stay out there on the ocean and fight the shark till the bitter end and you have hooper who's kind of uh uh the jester in the middle um what are you guys' thoughts on on how that cast plays out and how how crucial that casting and and the the uh design of those three characters is to making the movie because again i think that the the dynamic of the three of them together is 
almost more important than anything to do with the shark. Yeah. I think Quint is... I having his backstory based on a true story makes his character a lot more deeper yeah. with it being that he was in the army and he got surrounded by sharks when he were in a boat and everything it just makes his character a lot more interesting and makes it more sad when he does end up getting killed by the shark spoiler alert that's alright I, I mean they've had 45 years they should have yeah, watched Jaws it's, by it's, now. it's been a minute <laughs> you know um, but again that's another thing though talking about how Movies of this level, movies of the level of Jaws, um, how they become, you know, how they, they rewrite kind of all films going forward. That's a very common, I don't want to say trope, but theme, uh, thematic mm-hmm. element, I guess, in, in film forward is the like rough around the edges, hardened guy. Of course he dies in the movie. And of course he's the only one who dies in the movie. You know, like the the young jester character of Hooper doesn't and you know Brody the sheriff the play it straight and save the town guy doesn't but Quint is kind of the expendable one which you know again that that's a trope that we see in a lot of these films um i, I you know my thought is jaws kind of laid that blueprint and i I'd, I'd love to hear uh you know let's uh hear from some other guys what, what do you think about laying out a foundation and and being able to draw lines back to jaws am i kind of giving it too much credit you think no you're not giving it too much credit it deserves all the credit when we talk about tropes in this regard the reason they are tropes is because of jaws and and the reason why that dynamic works is because the bones are laid for all those characters they have a distinct uh point of view and they never release that point of view. And the sparks and tension of them rubbing off of one another is what amplifies the film beyond just a simple Moby Dick ripoff. Because that's what a lot of these dynamics are in the book of Jaws. Uh, it is kind of a Moby Dick tale. And Jaws elevates that. Right. Um, and to a degree, and I, I hear what you guys are saying in terms of it's horror, but I also must stick up for it since I, I probably have a few decades on, on a lot of the people in this group. Uh, in a theater full of people in the dark not knowing what's going to happen, Jaws played like a horror movie. People screamed. People freaked out. And yeah. when you watch it in your, in your home, devoid of that group dynamic, you and this is this is just what happens over time. You don't see revival movies with audiences full of people who don't know what to expect anymore. So you've all grown up on the dynamics and visual language of Jaws, and so when you see it, it seems like oh well, this yeah I've seen this before, and it robs you of that. Yeah, and you it can't you can't help it. It's just true. But I promise you, at the time when that kid. When the Kittner kid goes oh, yeah. down in a gushing blood gasm in the middle of the ocean, people screamed their ass off. <laughs> so it, there, there is a dynamic. There is that uh, component to it that you just have to uh, accept. So, but I, but I don't think that that discounts anything that you you all have said. Yeah, you know, you definitely have a point there too. Um, kind of living post jaws beans you know knowing what's going on but there, there's definitely some elements in there and oh you know honestly going back to you had drawn a line uh the the moby dick movies kind mm-hmm. of trope uh interesting thing that i found out when i was researching this um for the show i was like let me find uh some extra little trivia the first director of this film was fired because he kept referring to it as a whale and they were like, we're not making fucking Moby Dick and we can't have a director who doesn't know the difference between a whale and a shark. Like, I don't know how true that is, but I love that story, man. Like, I love that somewhere. People couldn't, they, could, they couldn't wrap their minds around how to make this entertaining or scary. And some of that has to do with Benchley's book. It's not, it's, right. it's a terrible page turner. It's just really not great. Uh, to say that the film elevates every element is a grand uh, understatement. But yeah, uh, people at Universal were like, this is a fine concept and everything, but no one can actually make a movie out of this. And that's the kind of genius of Spielberg is while he did repeat elements of this and found his voice through it, 
Um, it's also now that you've seen Steven Spielberg make two, three dozen movies, yeah. <laughs> like Jaws does seem in a vein, but at the time he had, he had only done some TV stuff. So, and, and one movie that had not been a hit. So this is like a miracle here. Yeah. This is part of, this is part of the genesis of the juggernaut that is Steven Spielberg for sure. Um, 100%. Yeah. So this becomes his template then, doesn't it? it, Absolutely. As you said, uh, I think it was you, Brooker, who said, you know, it's a Spielberg summer movie and it kind of becomes the, yeah, yeah. Um, One more thing I did want to mention on the top. Somebody said the name Alex Kintner and I can't hear the name Alex Kintner without thinking of the fact that the last name of the actor who played Alex Kintner is actually Voorhees. And me being me and you guys being into (laughs) slashers, I feel like that's noteworthy. Um, but yeah, you know, one of the things that not a lot of people talk about before Alex Kintner gets obviously, you know, fantastically killed, there's the dog and like a lot of people don't realize that dog got eaten by a shark, but they, they like kind of low play it because there's, you know, a little while later, a little boy gets eaten. And I'm not trying to say that the dog is more important than the little boy, but personally, that's something that always sticks out to me. Like even my nephews, when we watched it last year, were like, but where'd the dog go? And I'm like, guys, I'm not equipped to have that conversation with you. Like (laughs) the dog is no more. Jaws is very, very transgressive when it comes to what it uh, asked the audience to consume, you know, killing off a dog, killing off a small child, you know, introducing the character and just killing her immediately. That was not necessarily done before, and now we feel the repercussions of that. But in terms of the kind of movie it is, it's the shaggy 70s character piece, you know, butted up against this cre- this primal creature out of control movie. And that's where the joy is. People hadn't done that before, and it just does it so well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know in the movement from in in the time following jaws we end up with a, a bunch of sequels we we kind of touched on them a bit earlier um i'm going to go out on a limb and say that i could throw all of those away um i i don't feel like jaws was something that needed to kind of be revisited um i'm i'm usually a big fan of you know the the repeat performances and getting everything you can from a franchise i think this is one of the scenarios where I I would say that there's nothing, in my opinion at least, from anything after Jaws that's redeemable. Um, somebody want to maybe prove me wrong here. We have any, like, Jaws 2, Jaws 3, Jaws 4 fans? I mean, all right, we can leave Jaws 4 out. Uh, Jaws 2 or 3 fans that maybe uh, before we, I'm not realizing? Before we dive into that, oh. uh, I did have something to say earlier about the uh, foundation that Quint laid uh, talking about oh, yeah. the shipwreck. So, uh, I don't know if you guys know, Riley knows, Matt, you might have known, I might have told you when I met you, uh, I'm from Indianapolis, and the ship that he was on was the USS Indianapolis, mm-hmm. who, if any of you are like World War II history buffs, that's the ship that uh, delivered the atom bomb um, before it got dropped. Yeah, yeah. And they, they uh, hit a torpedo on their way back to the mainland, and uh, you know a bunch of crew members got eaten, so I grew up. Uh, there was a monument downtown about the shipwreck and all that and all the people that died. Um, and so that always kind of fueled watching Jaws. I was like, oh, that, that was real. That was a thing yeah. that happened. And so seeing this grizzled old man who survived a shark attack in the Navy right. and then having him go out you know, by the shark, that's, that's kind of poetic. Yeah, you know, it's something that you do see in a lot of... Um in a lot of films that you know splicing in and and stitching in elements of real in order to lend credibility to the whole so like yeah. you know it, it, it's a common technique to make sure that there's enough reality laced through to make the entirety more believable and between that the fact that there were real shark attacks happening at the time that kind of helped prop up you know jaws and everything else um yeah, all of that lends itself to the reality of it, which again, I think going back to Kill by Kill's point, um, you know, seeing it at that time in that theater with everybody else, knowing that you've heard in the news that there's been some shark attacks in, oh, the Indianapolis, I know that story. Those little stitched elements of reality making it feel that much more real, sure. You know, there's a lot more to it. Um, 
adding to it. And and we all, obviously, you know, we all live post Jaws, so we just kind of know it as what it is. And uh, tying it back to Shark Week, I think uh, Riley's point is actually earlier about the um, education level around sharks and things like that. And I don't want to say desensitization to it, but to an extent, yeah, we, we you know, you, you study these things, you learn about these things, and there is a bit of desensitization that happens, um, kind of make, like normalizing the idea of great whites are a thing that exist and they're out there and, you know, here's how we can, you know, coexist with them and, and get around them. And I think that, you know, uh, bringing up Jaws, which was almost a hysteria moment, um, as far as sharks were concerned, to now, um, sure, there's a lot of bad that Shark Week maybe has done in its, you know, however many years. Shark Week's been around for a hot minute now. Uh, you know, and, and maybe not always, maybe the messaging was always, wasn't always, you know, loud and clear, but I think that now we have that better understanding, and I think that, yeah, it, it definitely changes people's perception of things. Um, as far as Jaws, though, uh, anybody have any last notes they want to get out before we wrap this thing up? I, I know we talked a lot about, you know, the legacy of it, but... Uh, Can I briefly, briefly defend Jaws 2 as a motion oh, picture? Oh, I would love to hear it. <laughs> Let's, yeah. Because, you know, I said... I mentioned, I mentioned, I was like, anybody want to defend any of the sequels? And everybody was dead silent. And I was like, okay, so that's a wrap on the sequels. But I would love to hear this Jaws 2 conversation. I, I just felt like I, I had had a burst of talking. But I, I will say that Jaws 2 has uh, slasher elements that I find compelling. And it does have one sequence that is worthy of comparison to the original. And that is the swim faster sequence where a couple has split off from the main sailing group and the shark knocks the boy out of the boat, drives the boat out about 30 yards, and he has to swim back. He does not know there's a shark behind him, but his girlfriend does. And it is a crackerjack sequence. It is just yeah. fantastic. From the music to the editing, the performances, it is all top-notch. Now, when the shark swallows a helicopter, now we're into ridiculous town. But I will say that latter half of the film has its moments. And Jaws 3 is notable only because Bess Armstrong says every time she kisses Dennis Quaid. Yeah, I'm glad you noted the helicopter, too, though. Um, I feel like that's an important part of any <laughs> conversation. Great. Yeah, there's, that's an important part of that, that equation, though, you know. Um, so yeah, you know, uh, again, Jaws being kind of always beloved by horror fans and regarded as something that, you know, it's, it's like one of the big winners from the genre. Um, I, again, it's debatable, the horror angle, not horror. Uh, the sequels, you know, definitely, I'm going to leave Kill by Kill with Jaws 2. I'm going to have to revisit Jaws 2 now and try to look at it from a different perspective if I can just get past some things. Um, 3 and 4 can stay in the bin, though. Um, yeah, so, guys, let's uh, let's take this one home with some of our, our most memorable moments from uh, the movie Jaws, some of the things that we think stand out and, and have the most impact on the history of film moving forward from that point in 1975 when it launched. We can go around the roundtable again. Uh, uh, simple phrase, Richard Dreyfus. Uh, I don't know how many films he was in before this, but I feel this really uh, helped him stay in the the circle in Hollywood at the time. Yeah, he he delivers a hell of a performance. Just the other day, I was watching, oh, yeah. and my wife and I we were, I was saying I just love him in this movie. Like he's kind of obnoxious, he's kind of a pain in the ass, but he's a like a lovable pain in the ass, and you know he's yeah, absolutely he he. he played his role extremely well brooker what do you think uh some of the lasting effect of jaws is on hollywood uh, for well for me it's not i don't think it's necessarily on hollywood it's just jaws is now such a big part of just oh i'm gonna sound like such an asshole saying this the cultural <laughs> zeitgeist anytime the word zeitgeist <laughs> comes out everybody who is about I to say i hate that word <laughs> so much but it's the only word to use the thing, so much from word. jaws everybody knows whether or not you know it's from Jaws. It's a bit like everybody knows to travel back in time, you have to drive 88 miles an That's hour right. in DeLorean. That's right. you, don't, you don't need to have seen Back to the Future to know that. Right. Uh, and the fact that, that as a summer blockbuster horror film, something that hasn't happened that often since, 
let's not forget yeah. we don't get many big blockbuster horror films in the summer uh, the fact that everybody knows everything from Jaws whether or not they've seen it I think is and for that to be a horror for a horror movie to do that I think is just amazing absolutely uh, Kill by Kill what do you got uh, I think we have to put some love on the name of Roy Scheider I think that main performance as Brody mm. is pretty powerful like he's absolutely instantly out of his element and he's just constantly trying to catch up and try to understand exactly what's going on his reactions are very real and it's very grounding you don't you don't really discount him as a as a sheriff or an authority figure and he's put into a situation that he's inherently uncomfortable with he does not like the water now he's been being driven further out into the water Every moment in time, he's being pushed beyond where he wanted. He wanted to stay out of danger. He didn't want to put himself in harm's way, and now he's continually doing it more, 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 more. And his performance grounds everything, and then you allow all the other things to spin on top of it. And then the editing. That film is a master class in editing. Yeah. And to watch it only to see how it builds and releases tension is a worthy enterprise. It's genius. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I, I think that the Brody character is the, the every man, you know, and those moments that you see with him where he, he, he you know, I think of the bigger boat line. Everybody knows that you're going to need a bigger boat. And they know that we're going to need a bigger boat as like the stoic kind of like, you know, acknowledgement of the size of the shark. But following that is Brody running around the deck going, Quint, Quint, we have to go back in and we're going to get a bigger boat, right? Like it's the it's the everyman sense of he's at like you said very out of his element he's trying to keep up with the situation yeah. around him and so he's kind of on the fly realizing some of these things um you know uh i i always think of that scene as he was attracted to the idea of hiring quint because quint represented to him somebody who is experienced in this but he's still along for the ride and so he's still well and truly outside of his element and trying to keep up like you said that's a yeah that's solid uh, Riley, what do you got? What do you What do you think the 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 tattoo from from Jaws is uh, on the rest of American cinema? Yeah, you know, there there are three things that I think Jaws does better than every other shark movie, and that's why it continues to stay relevant today and just not be. Uh, first, the characters. I, I think the uh, the dynamic of Brody Quint and Hooper is is extremely important, and that's something that I don't think any other shark movie has even gotten close to is having characters that are likable and you actually care about. And that's similar to like the conversation of like Halloween, for example. That's one of the things that like Halloween outshines Friday the 13th because it actually has characters you give a shit about. And Jaws does that yeah. well, has characters that are established well, unique dialogue, actually developed. Uh, then you have the score. The the score, mm -hmm. which I'm surprised we, we haven't talked too much about, the, the score is so crucial for Jaws. It remains iconic. It's still recognized today by children because mm -hmm. it just it it's perfect simplistic but really really powerful um and that definitely helps a lot with that suspense and i think that's one of the things that kind of keeps it in the horror genre it allows that the movie to still be scary to some and a lot of that comes back to john williams score uh and then after that i would just say like film theory wise you know spielberg being spielberg and some really creative things that were done like barely showing the shark and taking advantage of really creative shots, advanced shots like the famous push-pull effect that we see on the beach of Brody. Mm -hmm. It's iconic yeah. things like that that help Jaws stand out amongst these other, perhaps more simplistic or trying-too-hard shark movies. Yeah, and you know, that's a lot of chops brought to a shark movie, right? I mean, you know, it's Spielberg. He He's Spielberg, so... There's a lot of really artistic and, and creative chops basically being brought to the table for a big shark movie, which I also think is kind of rare now. I don't know that, uh, you know, there's a lot of opportunities for people to kind of do that again. And, and anytime you see something like that where you're like, well, this is 
and I'm, I'm dancing up to the line of saying something with the word elevated in it. And I'm trying really hard not to, because using the word elevated in ne- immediately triggers my gag reflex. I hate when people talk like that, but it is very much elevated because there is a lot of chops coming to the table, um, in, in a movie like Jaws. And, and yeah, that push pull, I was just talking to Wes about that the other day, that push pull on the beach is like, that's a really dope shot, man. Like that, you feel like you almost feel like the um, the the riptide of the ocean on that shot because of the way it's it's you know he's looking out into the water and everything. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot there, my dude. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Slasher. Uh, let's hear from you. What do you what do you got? Uh, I think for me it's mainly the fact that when they're hiding the shark, uh, it until the end at least. Uh, it plays it off as like you are the shark and it's like showing how humans are instinctively afraid of something that they don't understand so they just don't understand why this shark is randomly going after people so their first thought okay kill the thing and uh, it's obviously it's human instinct to fight back and obviously want to kill something that is killing you. Yeah, I absolutely I absolutely think that there's um something interesting there. Um regardless of how they found their way to not showing the shark a lot, the fear of the unknown situation definitely ends up ringing true there. Um you know, you've got this vast ocean where there's all types of things discovered and undiscovered out there and no one really even when Hooper comes to town and he's the expert, you know, he doesn't even really have all the answers. Um but yeah, absolutely a great point. Uh, for me, I think the, the, the situation for me that I think stands out most about Jaws, um, there's a, there, you guys are all dead on, hit the nail on the head. Every point brought up, 100% I agree with. Uh, so rather than just mimic or parrot anything already said, I guess one thing that I'd like to note that to me always seems to stand out about Jaws is just how real everything feels. And it seems like such a silly thing to say about a movie, but there are, let's be honest, there are plenty of movies that don't manage to ground themselves and, uh, they, they don't ever really achieve that level of reality that I think Jaws does achieve. You can identify with, you know, the situation that each of the characters are in. You can identify with the, the Brody sort of looking up to Quint as this kind of, you know, this warrior with the, the sharks. You can, identify with Brody looking at Hooper as the, the, you know, young spark plug scholar with the sharks. You can identify with his, you know, fear of, of the ocean and fear of swimming and all of that, but how he has to overcome that in order to, you know, save his, 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 uh, town and his family, essentially, you know, there's a lot of ties back to his, his kids and his wife about their experience on the beach and things like that. And, you know, just every all the little touches that go into making a movie feel real if they're all stitched together well the end result is you you know it it really feels like something you've experienced and and i think that as simple as that sounds there are so many movies especially movies about big fucking sharks that don't manage to feel real and uh yeah i i I think of little things like the scene with the wife following him to the ship and saying, did you pack your Dramamine? Do you have the zinc oxide for your nose? You know, like those little, those little moments that just make everything feel so real. Um, I think there's a blueprint in Jaws that, um, yeah, a lot of films have either replicated or tried to replicate. And, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, this has been a, a pretty rad talk about Jaws with a lot of people I highly respect. So I wanted to thank everybody for sitting down and, and uh, kind of doing this. Um, before we call it a day, let's send it around the table one more time with some closing arguments on Jaws. Bailey, you got anything to say to the fans before we check out? Quick goodbye sign off. Uh, yeah, Spielberg was 27 years old when he made this film. That's still pretty young in the film world. He busted out with a big film uh, it, and, it, and it shows still to this day. Uh, that's my thoughts on Jaws. Uh, I think uh, at the end of this, I think the, the best, the biggest thing I come away with actually is I'm a bit sad that I left it 30 years between screenings of, of Jaws, and uh, I certainly don't think I'll be leaving it that long again. I might skip out on the sequels because I do remember the sequels and know they were bloody terrible. But uh, yeah, it, it it was a really good film. It still is a really good film, and. You know, glad I got to enjoy it with my little and who, like someone was saying earlier about you know kids recognize the 
the theme tune. My one's been walking around going dun dun for months, and she'd never seen the bloody thing. Yeah, you know, I I can't not respect the film for that, even if until recently I went. No, I don't really care that much about it. You you've got to respect yours, whether or not you like it. Yeah, how many how many kids have jumped in the swimming pool, put their hand on their head? like a shark fin and dun 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 it's the hockey bass exactly. of jaws you know that soundtrack is like that soundtrack to jaws is the hockey mask to jason you know it's the 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 mickey mouse ears it's the icon but yeah absolutely kill by kill what do you got uh jaws is brilliant and it, it was instrumental in my life uh, without jaws i would never have begged my parents to take me to universal studios Without going to Universal Studios Hollywood as a kid, I never would have ended up being being a uh, tour guide there and eventually uh, opening an entire theme park in Japan and and actually meeting my wife. So all these things go back to Jaws. <laughs> my love of that dumb mechanical shark <laughs> that you film around to make it seem scary set the course for my life. So... Jaws will always be number one in my heart. That's that's actually really great. Hey, Riley, what do you got for us? You know, I, of course, you know, I absolutely love Jaws, and it was really cool being able to revisit it for this episode. Uh, so I appreciate you having me because it was definitely fun to hear all you guys' thoughts. I, I did want to say, because I will regret it if I don't bring it up, I always kind of find that the people of Amity are very petty when it comes to being told not to go onto the beach. And I would say one of my favorite lines in like movie history comes when they announce that the beaches are closing for 24 hours. And just one person very quietly in the back says, 24 hours is like three weeks. And I think it's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That's all. That's my thoughts. Oh, my God. Seems to ring even truer in a COVID world, doesn't it? (laughs) Oh, Oh, God, uh, you're right. You have no idea. You've no idea what it's yeah. like to spend five months away from the beach. Uh, yeah. Can't handle 24 hours. <laughs> 24 hours is like three weeks. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, Slasher Media, what do you got for us, bud? Jordan. Um, I think my favorite part of Jaws is definitely the part where the woman who's, I think, uh, is whose son's died. I think it's a son. Yeah. Um, just slaps that guy. That scene yeah. played a lot, like just over and over again is hilarious to me. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious <laughs> to you. See, I have such a different yeah. takeaway from that scene. When I watch that scene, I always think about how how much resolve Brody must have because he's standing there right mm. next to that scumbag mayor. Now, come on, let's be real. You know. 90% of human beings would take that slap and then they'd be like, it wasn't me, it was him, immediately. You know what I mean? But to, to yeah, just, immediately. You know, to stand there and I take agree. that. I that mayor, agree. The mayor's just horrible. Oh, yeah, yeah. He deserved, he deserved that slap. But, you know, it's funny you bring that up because that's something that I think every time I see that scene, I'm like, man, it would take a lot. I don't know if I have that kind of resolve to not spin around and be like, you see this dick, you know, like to that mayor. I would, I would throw him right under that lady's, <laughs> you know, um, fresh out of the funeral bus if you know what i mean um guys i just as a a little sign off i just want to say that uh this has been a lot of fun thank you guys so much for hanging out and talking about it um i hope the uh listeners enjoy the episode and i hope you guys uh enjoy shark week check out some more big shark movies we've name dropped a few here but just to recap we've got movies like the shallows open water the reef 47 meters down uh i'm gonna go out on a limb and say you could probably avoid 47 meters down uncaged i think that uh it probably yeah. could have. I bet it's shit. It's not that much of a limb, really, is it? Yeah. And you can also a, avoid Meg out there if you want yeah. to. Jason Statham is a god. <laughs> yeah. The, hey, leave the Meg alone. Hey, I love the Meg. Leave the Meg alone. He's got a typical beer drinker's body, you guys. Just That's wild. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I drink beer, and I don't know, man. It's I have yet to see that. that uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I think that... Um, Oh man, I lost my train of thought there. Who decided? Uh, who, who, who directed the make? It's the kill by kill experience, everyone. Uh, I dismantle yeah. things. Who directed? Somebody said who directed Wasn't the make? Wasn't it John Turtletop? I mean, John Turtletop, I'll never forget. <laughs> <laughs> I brought that up just oh, for you, man. dude. That's amazing. Oh man. 
Yeah, uh, so check out some of those big shark movies. Hang out. Have a good time. Have a good shark week. Have a great summer. Uh, all COVID things considered. And remember, 24 hours is like three weeks. Once again, I'd like to thank everybody that participated in this roundtable discussion. Um, These bonus episodes, you know, in between seasons, it's a great time to really do these kinds of fun things where we get to sit down and maybe bring some different people on or or maybe talk about some things that are a little more topical. And and what's more topical during Shark Week than Jaws? Uh, So once again, thanks to Riley, Brooker, Patrick, Bailey, and Jordan for hanging out with me and make sure that you uh, follow up in the description of this episode to check out their podcasts on social media and obviously wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Thanks for listening, everybody. And I'll catch you guys next time. Hey, Quint, take us home. Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu you ladies of Spain. For we've received orders for the sail back to Boston. And so never more shall we see you again.